Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in week two in a series called All in the Family. And we believe this, that a series is a season. Everybody say season. season. We believe that a series is a season where God is speaking something to us. Say us. Don't worry, you don't have to repeat me all morning. But it's a season where God is speaking to us as a church family uh, regarding something very specific. And so um, we welcome that. And so that's why we put together series and and so forth. This is a message, although we're talking about family, please, please get this. This is a message for all. This is a message for every one of us, okay? Um, no matter what your marital status or the condition of your family, whatever else would be going on, please don't exempt yourself, don't exclude yourself. This is for all of us. And, and here's the, the bottom line on this. It is to help you but it's also to help you to help others. And so you say, my kids are, my kids are gone and my husband's trained. <laughs> well, still, you might could be a help to somebody, okay? And um, so please, everybody dial in on this, and uh, we're going to have a good time with this this morning. Hey, I heard about a guy, and he was sharing with some friends kind of his history of dating. And he said, you know... I would date a girl, and I'd bring her home to meet my folks, and my mom never liked her. So every time i bring one home, i go, maybe this one, and bring her home for dinner to meet my folks. My mom didn't like her. So I went out and purposely searched out and found a girl who looked like my mom, <laughs> acted like my mom, even sounded like my mom. And then I brought her home for dinner to meet my folks. My dad didn't like her. So. <laughs> You you can use that one. (laughs) All right. Hey, we want to know for... (laughs) All right. Take two. Here we go. We, We want to know for every area of life what God's plan is, what God's purpose is. We spent a lot of time on that last week. And uh, that's what we want to find out here because then, then we know our aim. Then we know what's going to come against that as well. So God's plan and God's purpose for the family is what he intends for the family to be like and then what he wants to come from family. And so what he intends for it to be like is a healthy, safe, vibrant, God-honoring place. Just kind of thinking about family and home, which in turn produces healthy, whole, vibrant, godly individuals or people. So you have home and family all in the family. God's purpose for that is to create such an environment that it produces individuals. I might could describe them this way. Happy, stable, come on, blessed. So they can be what? A blessing and bring glory to God, okay? 
So all of that together. So here's the thing. Obviously, then the enemy is going to be against family. But understand, it's not so much the family that the enemy is against. It's what the family produces. So he has to bomb the factory. He has to poison the well. He has to cut off the, the pipeline here in family because of what family produces. Remember by the Genesis law that family perpetuates, produces after its own kind. And so family, what's in family is going to come out of family. And that can be scary. And so uh, he must mess with the mix then of family because family will perpetuate. He must with, mess with that mix and it will perpetuate positive or negative. And so the enemy wants to mess with that mix. So then in turn, the family will produce individuals who are limited, angry, damaged, addicted, all, all of those things. And then guess what? Then you have that individual and you know what will eventually happen? That individual will start a family of, of one description or, or another. And so the enemy has to get into this mix. Like I said, bomb the, bomb the factory to mess this thing up. So we, we have to realize that that will continue to be perpetuated. You know, the negative things of family. We see the attack on family, but the result of it is individuals. All roads lead back to somebody's house. You know, and so positive or negative. So in a negative sense, though, that's going to continue to be perpetuated unless and until somebody surrenders to God. I I watched in my own family curse and brokenness and so many things come uh, generations down my family until somebody opened the door. We opened the door and surrendered to God and to his ways. Salvation. I love that song this morning. Salvation in the water. And so wholeness came to our house. Not perfect, but way better. And heaven bound. Amen? Amen. We have to fight for our families. We talked about this last week. We're not fighting against our family. We're fighting for our family. Look with me in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Fight for our families. Now, there are two kinds of families. As we look at the makeup of a family, you have two kinds of family. You have nuclear, which is your blood family. And then you have extended. You have your extended family that goes beyond that. That's also a place where church can really fill a role. I find it so often that a lot of times what is missing in the nuclear family can be found in the extended family. You want to make sure that your extended family is not worse than your, your nuclear family, okay? And so there's something, something wonderful about home being right and then also having an extended family. And there's something incredible about if home is not right, that still you can find God will supplement through the extended family. And um, I really like to think of that as the church family. Look at this in Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. A father... Of the fatherless, speaking of God, the father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. Listen, God wants all, our, our title is all in the family. God wants all in family. And get this, and he wants all in his family. Yes, that's right. God wants you to have people, 
But God also wants you to be his people. And so all in the family. And so let's look at how we can do this. And that, again, this season that I believe God is speaking to us concerning that. So we've got two kinds of families that, that in makeup, you know, you've got nuclear and extended. And then we have two kinds of family in how they operate. So you have a dysfunctional family or a functional family. Here's the reality. Look at me real quick. Here's the reality. All of us have some dysfunction. And if you're denying it this morning, it's part of your dysfunction. <laughs> but there's a little bit of all of that and, and no matter how hard we try. And that's, that's, I believe in God to help us on this. Quickly, regarding dysfunctional family, it's a family that has mindsets and behaviors. And let me stop right there for a moment here. Remember this. Remember this. Look at me and remember this. This is not a house of condemnation. Okay? So if I talk about you and your family, I don't know. Okay? We have to realize where we are so we can go where God is wanting us to go. There's There's not condemnation. There's grace and there's truth. And grace and truth will help us from... From where we are. Can I get an amen this morning? So a dysfunctional family has mindsets and behaviors that damage and limit the individuals, keeps them from growing and fully functioning emotionally, psychologically, socially, relationally, spiritually. Dysfunction by definition means it doesn't what? Doesn't function right. It doesn't work right. And so within dysfunction, this happens a lot in dysfunctional families, they, they won't address or won't deal with problems and issues. In a dysfunctional family, they will either, they will react rather than respond or nothing. There's some levels of dysfunction within a family that something happens and it's like the family didn't even notice that it happened. Or on the other end, you know, there's screaming, blazing, hollering, coming apart kind of thing and there is something certainly better than that so rather than spend our time on dysfunctional we already know that one let's move ahead to functional and uh, I think we're, our time will be well spent looking at what is a functional family and our subtitle for today would, would be this functional and fruitful functional and fruitful this is what God wants for our families let's look in Psalm 128 Verse 1 through 3 says, blessed is everyone, not blessed is every other one. Blessed is everyone. Say, that's me. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. What does that mean? doesn't mean that you're afraid of God. It means you love what he loves, you hate what he hates, and you are happy for him to tell you what to do. Okay? Because his ways are best. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Verse 2. When you eat the labor of your hands, now we're talking about functional and fruitful. You're doing things God's way. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. And watch this, verse 3. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. It's an incredible symbolic metaphor of a functional and fruitful home and family. And this is kind of a picture of what God wants for us. It cannot, will not happen unless we choose to walk in God's ways. It mentioned, it mentioned happy. It mentioned blessed. We, we major on that. That is our aim in life, to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Let me remind you of this. 
If you try to make yourself and the people around you happy in ways counter to God's ways, you will never be stable. And if you're not happy and stable God's ways, there, there won't be fruit, there won't be blessing. You'll be blocking blessing in your life. And so we want to do things God's way. Can I get an amen on that this morning? So, home, family, nuclear and extended should be a number of things. And so I want to give you some ideas this morning of what a functional and fruitful family would look like. First of all, that home, that family will be a shelter. Everybody say shelter. A shelter is for protection. A shelter is for provision. You know, on occasion, and thankfully not too often, uh, we'll have a hurricane or a storm. And because of that, then sometimes maybe the area that you live or the structure you live in, you are told or you need to get out of there and seek shelter. And so there'll be, you know, gymnasiums and the armory and different things that will be set aside as a shelter. What is there for you? There is protection for you. There'll be food and water for you there. It provides shelter. And home should provide protection and it should provide shelter. Um, Home should be a haven. I said home should be a haven. A haven was actually an inlet or a harbor that boats could find shelter from storms. They could have safety and they could be preserved. And, and that was the original idea of a, a haven. Some of y'all will remember the song, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. And so there needs to be that peace in our homes. It needs to be home, needs to be a haven. It needs to be a shelter because life is full of storms. Anybody notice that? Life is full of storms. Storms of change. Storms of failure. Storms of rejection. Storms of adversity. And listen, and again, not a house of condemnation, but listen to this. That is, those are some of the reasons why divorce is so painful. Because you dismantle and take apart the shelter. And everybody needs that shelter if we're going to be functional, if we're going to be fruitful. Now, God can help you from where you are, but I, that's part of the reason why there is such pain that for everybody involved when it comes, comes to divorce. Home should be a shelter. Family should be a shelter so that the people can say this, I am safe, I belong, I matter, I can breathe. And it develops a people that are secure, that are settled, and are strong. Look at this in Proverbs 18, verse 10. The Lord does the same thing for us. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, a refuge, a shelter, and the righteous run to it, and they are what? They are safe. Amen. So home and family should be a shelter. Secondly, home and family should be an academy. It should be an academy. It should be a place of training and learning, and not just just undefined, but clearly defined. And so it's a conservatory almost of specific learning. And I believe this, everybody in your house, and if you've stopped doing it, start doing it, okay? Everybody in your house needs to be a lifelong learner. Say it with me, lifelong learner. Well, I'm retired and I'm, learn something new. Learn karate or cello or something, okay? But, but, but keep, keep learning, keep, keep growing, We learn and we study and we grow. And so an academy, just get that picture, that word picture, 
It, it is promoting within the home emotional, mental, physical, spiritual growth and health. And then we learn and we discover and develop basic competencies. We should be teaching within our home how to live and how to, how to do basic competencies. And then also to discover and develop your unique gifts and talents and abilities. Honestly, growing up, I'm, I'm not real sure that my folks and a lot of my friends' folks even thought about that. That we might would have some unique gifts and talents and abilities. It was just kind of raise you up on certain things. And so home, a, a functional and fruitful home and family needs to be an academy. And not just instruction, but also modeling. So it should never be, you do what I say, you don't do what I do. It should be, watch what I do. Follow me as I follow Christ. This is how to live a, a right kind of life. And so not just instruction, but also modeling. Here's a, here's a, a, a short list. Instructing and modeling how to treat others. I'm convinced some families don't teach their family how to treat others. I'm letting it settle in. Or they teach and model how you shouldn't treat others. Teaching and modeling how to deal with challenges. A lot of families have taught their kids how to panic. You, you, you need to learn how to deal with things. And, it, and when you're following God, you don't have to panic. Amen. Teaching and modeling values. Teaching and modeling manners. Everybody say manners. manners. Teaching and modeling how to work hard, how to be kind, how to trust in God, how to pray, and how to live a life. And this is the secret sauce of Christianity right here. How to live a life full of gratitude. And I think if we teach that in our homes and model it in our homes, our culture is going to change. Yes, sir. Look, look with me in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let me remind you, it's not a promise. It's a proverb. It's saying this is, this is the best chance. Train them up in the way that they should go instead of training them up in the way they should not go. Home should not be the pirate training academy, Okay. <laughs> Train up a child the way he should go. And, that, and that's your best chance of when he was older. He's not going to depart from it. Look in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus, everybody say Jesus. He didn't just teach it, he modeled it. Increased in wisdom and stature. This has to do with natural things. Not only growing physically, but emotionally. He increased in wisdom and stature. And he increased in favor with God and men. He was being raised right. And when home and family is an academy, then the people there can say, I am learning, I am growing, I have grace, I have someone cheering me on. And as a result, it produces people that are competent, confident, and gracious. Amen. Next, home and family should be a launching pad. A launching pad. And that means as we raise children, we're launching them out into life. And then the adults that will remain at home every day, launching them out into, into their daily life. And so ultimately the goal then is to launch our children. I expected some amens on that one. Children are always in the process of leaving. Follow this. They're always leaving. And as they leave, 
they stay a little further, uh, stay a little longer and go a little further. Out of the womb, they start leaving. Onto the breast. Did you know that an infant, they can only focus, they can only see clearly an infant about 8 to 10 inches, which is the perfect distance to be cradled in the arm or to be on the breast and to look into the face of their mother who brought them in. It's a very powerful thing. So out of the womb, onto the breast, in the lap, on the floor, across the room, in the yard, across the street, off to school, off to camp, away to college or the service, off to work, and then they leave and cleave to their spouse. And you know what they will do? They will perpetuate largely what they were raised in. So it needs to be a launching pad. Let me give you a principle here. How you leave affects how you enter. How you leave affects how you enter. So how you leave home, I'm running away and I hate all those people. You're going to enter the next season of your life kind of ready to reject, expecting hurt. You know, if you leave one room of your house angry, when you enter the next room, you're going to enter angry. Unless it's a kitchen in the fridge and you're cheering up. (laughs) I'm joking. But listen, how you leave affects how you enter. And life is made up of seasons. We need to launch our children. We need to raise them to leave. Get this now. Raise your children to leave and go do better than you have. To see farther than you have seen. And to go farther than you. We need to raise our sons, sons and daughters so they eventually they become our brothers and sisters. You know, we have, need to have some things in mind. We don't just have kids so we can train them to wash our car and mow our lawn. And I think they should learn those things as, as they go along. But it is to be a launching pad. Now get this too. And get, and get the metaphor of this. If you carry the baby everywhere for too long. You're going to, well, first of all, you're going to hurt your back, especially when they're 30. But here's what happened. If you carry the baby for too long, the baby never learns balance, never gains strength, never gains endurance, never learns the lessons of toppling around and and learning to dodge and, and get back up. If you're overly protective, please get this, if you're overly protective... Or if you're overly permissive, you will not be able to launch your children right. There are a number of parenting styles. God help us in all of this. But a balance is needed. A balance is needed. There's a balance of law and love. Of limits and love. Of some boundaries and warmth and acceptance. In a balanced family, you have a good degree of both of those. That there's limits, but there's also love. There's some boundaries, but also some warmth and acceptance. You have neglectful families. There's not much of either. Not much love, not a lot of limits. You have dominant families. And there's not a lot of love and warmth, but there's a whole lot of control and limits. 
And then you have permissive, which is a whole lot of love and warmth. And there's no limits. And none of those work right except the balance of having law and limits and having warmth and acceptance and love. And when we get those right, and that's, that's the tension we're living in our whole lives of raising our children is to get that right. And as we push toward that, then we can help to launch right. Launch them with values and skills and maturity. Do you know what maturity really is? Maturity is for an individual to be able to understand for themselves consequences. To understand that there are consequences for my decision and my behavior. Positive and negative. To know that there is something going to happen because of of what I decide and and what I do. Are you with me? Also, maturity is measured by recovery time. I see a lot of immaturity across the landscape of our country today. We don't get our way, we fall down and cry and throw a fit. Get over it, get over it, get over it, get over it. And we need to learn to get over it. And we need, also need to know that my decisions and my behavior will have an outcome. And I decide largely what those outcomes would be. Can I get an amen on that this morning? But we want to launch so that those that we're launching can say, I'm on my way. I have a purpose. I can make a difference in this world. A type of, and brand of people that are happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And know that so they can be a blessing and bring glory to God. So home should be a shelter an academy, a launching pad, and a landing place, a landing place. Now, adult children, when they leave the home, the ideal would be that they're able to come back and land for a season. (laughs) Come back for a visit. Come back for the holidays and get this, and sometimes come back for help. Sometimes come back for a season of help. Home also should be a landing place for those of us that are going to live the rest of our life there. A landing place daily to come back to. Can I tell you something? This is the honest truth. I say this all the time. My home is my favorite place on this planet. I love home. I love going home. When I was growing up in my little leave it to beaver neighborhood, we didn't have air conditioning. I don't think anybody had air conditioning. And windows were open and houses were close together. And um, you could pretty much hear what was going on in houses. And one of my buddies, his house was pretty strifey and really loud. And mom, his mom yelled all the time about everything. And I noticed as a little, a little guy that when his dad came home, his dad stayed outside. <laughs> he stayed out. I don't know if he stayed out all night or not. I had to go in, but. He'd stay out and just kind of pace around. He'd, he'd get down like this with a water hose and he'd water the yard. <laughs> then he'd water the driveway. I thought, you are stalling, bro. Home should be a landing place. And then quickly, we, we're, never, we're not going to get all this right. Shelter, I mean, you know, we mess that up sometimes. Sometimes we mess it up and it's not a haven. Sometimes we don't, it's not the right academy. We, we didn't teach right or we didn't model it right. Or as a launching pad, you know, we, <sighs> countdown was off. Or as a landing place, we didn't make it as welcoming or warm as it should be. 
Do you know what we need? We need a reset. We need a reset. Every home must have a reset. And I'll touch on this just briefly. We'll get into this more in the weeks to come. Listen to me. Look at me. There must be humility in the house. There must be humility in the house. James 4, 6, here's the principle. Humility releases grace. Humility releases grace. And grace is what will help us. And grace will be what heals us. When there's humility, there can be the second thing that needs to be there, and that's this, forgiveness. There must be forgiveness in the house. Do you all hear me? For minor, major, and massive, there needs to be forgiveness in the house. Now, if there's ongoing patterns and cycles of things, those things need to be addressed. Get some help for those things. But there has to be forgiveness in the house because for our homes to be functional and fruitful, forgiveness is either the starting point or it's the sticking point. And there must be humility and there must be forgiveness in our houses. And, and we, we see modeled by Jesus and in the Lord's Prayer even say, forgive us as we forgive others. We all want to be forgiven. We need to be very good and quick about forgiving others. Amen. So all of this taken together, and we're, we're going to continue. Remember, this is a series. This is a season on this. But what God wants for us, what we all desperately want is to have a home in this way. God, help us. To have this type of home and family so that we can be functional and fruitful families producing happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, functional individuals to go make a difference in this world. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.